Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. My name is Jenna Filipkowski, and I'm the head of research here at HCI. I'm joined here today by Allison Hooker, Ernst & Young's Chief Talent Development Officer for the Americas. Welcome, Allison. Thanks, Jenna. It's good to be here. So we're in the process of studying coaching and coaching cultures and organization, and I'm interested to know what Ernst & Young is doing and how access to coaching is changing at your organization. Well, EY has invested for some years in the coaching space, and so it's been over time uh, that the coaching capability has really become a highly valued uh, asset at the firm. So we have a team of about 30 coaches uh, that are all fully externally certified coaches um, who work with our people at various points during transition. Um, That's when we decided that we would invest in people because people are most open to growth and change, you know, during, during times of transition. And so it could be a transition, you know, from um, being over, having worked overseas and coming back into uh, the Americas. It could be uh, returning from maternity leave. Uh, it could be going into a new, more senior position, uh, so a promotion, or becoming a partner. Um, so any time during major transition, we offer coaching for our people. And that's for any employee at whatever level? So at, um, at this point, with our team of 25 or 30 coaches, we focus predominantly on our uh, you know, partner principal, executive director, and director, so our more senior people. Um, but we also have um, programs that we offer uh, for you know, managers, senior managers who are in times of transition as well, um, and they tend to be um, offered at the local level, so, you know, at the office level. Uh, so we have a centralized America's team that uh, works with our most senior people, and then in the uh, local areas, we have people who can work with uh, managers and senior managers as well. Very cool. And why coaching? Why invest all that resource into coaching? You know, it has evolved over time for us as an organization, but there really at this point is a a deeply held belief um, by our most senior leadership team that uh, having supporting people and getting clarity around where they are, what they want to contribute, what's getting in their way of contributing, um, that there really isn't a better dollar spent. Um, and so, you know, Kind of every year we see, you know, an increase uh, in terms of, the, frankly, the, the budgetary support we get um, and the number of coaches that we have and the numbers of people that we can reach. Um, so there is something kind of in the water at this point um, that has evolved over probably a 15-year period. That's great. And then you can see the returns of your investment into coaching. I'm interested, as you mentioned, transition. So if someone's becoming a a manager or a leader for the first time as they transition out of an individual contributor role, how can coaching use as a tool to get them up to speed, to get them at at peak performance for that time of transition? So when someone's in transition, right, that is, you know, when their world is changing, the ground is shifting from under their feet. Um, And so what we found is having a trained coach there um, to help the individual think about, you know, naming what's changing in their world um, and naming what it is that, uh, 
can get in the way of them being as successful as they want to be um, or moving as quickly as they want to into the new role or, you know, coming back from maternity, whatever transition you're going through, um, that that, the articulation, right, it takes, uh, takes real clarity of, of thought. And uh, sometimes doing that alone and, uh, is pretty difficult. So getting out of your own head and having to interact with another person who's trained to ask those kind of questions that get you thinking, um, you know, that's where the real value is. And so, um, you know, we have found that all of the engagements, the coaching engagements, are they're, they're timed. I mean, the, the individual and the coach come up with a contract. You know, it could be, you know, three months we're going to talk every other week, or it could be, you know, depending on the, how big a transition it is, it could be for a year, the, the relationship between the coach and the coachee. Um, but, you know, knowing kind of what the boundaries of the coaching relationship are and having that coach be there to really help the individual push him or herself uh, to name what's going on and figuring out, you know, where do I need to ask for help? Where am I confident? Where am I not confident? Um, those are the types of the discussions that, you know, it, it might be a half-hour discussion every other week, but that's the kind of discussion that you can get real return quickly on um, when you get that kind of clarity of mind. So that awareness that the coach and the client build together helps that performance as they, as they experience that new role for the first time. I could, I could definitely see that. So since the yep, word yep. is um, transition, I want to transition a little bit yeah. to a different type of question around the millennial demographic. And I'm interested to know what is your organization doing, if any, in terms of altering its talent strategy to attract and develop and retain the millennial generation? I mean, yes, certainly, you know, with millennials making up a vast majority of our workforce these days, um, and, you know, I think at EY, and I don't have the statistics in front of me, but it's, you know, 65, 70% of our workforce um, are millennials right now. Uh, so, you know, we certainly, as an organization, have had to rethink, you know, you know, what it is that this population of people need and want to thrive. And so, you know, there is a real focus um, these days on individuality, I would say, so making sure that we are interacting with our people in a way that helps them be clear about their purpose, what it is they, when they wake up, want to be contributing to the world, um, how that intersects with what we, EY, um, you know, have committed to doing for the world. And uh, so I think that focus on individuality and then the career implications that go along with that individuality, you know, how we help people think through their careers, that has been probably the biggest shift that we've had to make. Uh, with this population of people. And how are you using coaching to help people think through their careers? Yeah, I mean, there's a whole, um, you know, a whole stream of, of work that we've been focused on, which is what we refer to as leading with questions. How do we create a culture that leads with questions, where each of us um, respects the fact that, uh, that the individual, right, uh, has, has the answers, right, that each of us have answers that, you know, sometimes we need help by people kind of asking good questions, getting us thinking. Um, we need help getting those answers to the surface. Um, but to create a culture where people lead with questions, and that could be with our clients and it could be with, you know, interacting with each other internally. But that notion of leading with questions is really powerful. And so 
we've been very focused from a culture change perspective on, you know, what is it that we can do as an organization to help everyone lead with questions. Um, and that's been something that's been, uh, it's been an interesting journey. And, and what's wonderful about it is it is, as I mentioned, externally, internally, that whole um, idea that there is one thing we can focus on that will help you be a better client server and help you be a better team member internally. That's pretty powerful. That's definitely very powerful. What advice can you give to other organizations and people who are listening right now um, to, when they're starting that journey to change that culture? What advice would you give to them? You know, I mean, I think in terms of advice, the, um, obviously the best place to start is by role modeling. And so figuring out how, you know, each of us in our own worlds in the firm can role model that behavior. And that's everything from looking at the way we've designed our performance management system. We're in the midst of designing out, or rolling out, excuse me, a brand new performance management system that leads with questions, uh, right? That is really based fundamentally on having dialogue uh, with our people that gets, that's grounded not just in performance as in how did you do on this engagement, but is grounded in who are you, you know, where is, what, what's the career you're looking for, how does your performance, in, your perceived performance in this engagement um, help you get where you're trying to go in terms of your career. And so, you know, we've been looking kind of at all of the systems that we've got going on in the firm and building in this notion of leading with questions. Um, and uh, it's amazing how in a firm that, uh, and any consulting firm or consulting environment where we're used to telling people what the answer is, you know, it's a very different way to think to lead with a question as opposed to lead with the answer. It's definitely very different, but I'm sure you find that it opens so many more possibilities than just giving someone the answer to let them think it through themselves and come to awareness and action through their own um, ideas. It's more powerful. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. So just to summarize, it sounds like access to professional and trained coaches um, is available to senior leaders of, at, at times of transition, but the coaching mentality, the coaching mindset is something that you hope that all of your employees embrace and use daily. Is that true? Absolutely. And so, you know, that is something that we, um, you know, I mentioned the notion of culture change. That is something that we really have been focused on, which is how do we get everyone in their day-to-day life to lead with questions? Uh, and, you know, what kind of potential can be unleashed if each of us, you know, start asking more questions um, instead of uh, assuming we know the answers? And logistically, thinking about that culture change, in your opinion and, and maybe in, in your research around this, how long do you think that that will take? Or is it an evolving process that's never really complete? I mean, it's probably never complete, but, you know, that being said, if you think of true culture change, you know, being, you know, let's say a five-year period or five to seven years um, to really upend an organization, uh, you know, we are part of the way there. Um, as I said, you know, we fundamentally have, have accepted the, the value of coaching uh, in terms of uh, you know, 
the notion that asking questions and supporting people, helping people fulfill their potential by asking questions is valuable. Um, we're there as an organization. So that foundation's been laid. Uh, then the question is, okay, we have people valuing the notion of leading with questions. Now, how do we make sure that the behavior, right, is, uh, is there? So we're part of the way there because if you don't have people valuing coaching, uh, you're not going to get them the behaviors changed. So I'd say we're, you know, a third of the way in, um, and we've got another, you know, few years to really have it be solidly embedded. Uh, but we've, we've made some real progress, and it's been because we have real support from, from the top. I mean, our, you know, senior leadership uh, talks about this, thinks about this, uh, as well. So we as a talent organization couldn't be doing this without support from the top. And we find that in our research too. So we, we've developed a, a strong coaching culture model and part one and part two of that model is that employees value coaching and then senior leaders support coaching and value it as well. Uh, we know that that's, that's essential to getting any coaching culture change to happen. And I'm also, I'm curious from that is how do you get employees to value coaching? It's funny. I don't really, it's not a question that I've thought about much because I think the minute you expose people uh, to any type of coaching, whether it's a professional coach that, that they're working with or whether it's uh, just a really good, you know, counselor who's working with you, um, who is good at asking questions, I think people fundamentally understand the value immediately. I mean, the fact is, to be seen and to be recognized um, and respected by being asked questions instead of being told, you know, what you need to think about, what you need to do in your career, how you performed, um, you know, to be told is not a great feeling. To be asked is uh, respectful and makes you feel valued. So I, I, don't, think, I don't think of it in, in terms of, you know, do we have to sell our people on the notion of coaching? Um, I don't view that as a barrier at all. Does that make sense? That that makes perfect sense, and I'm glad you stated it that way. Well, thank you so much, Allison, for an insightful conversation. Absolutely. It was great talking with you, Jenna. I'd also like to thank all of you for tuning in, and I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed what you heard. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Smart Radio, and on the YouTube channel, HCI Talent. Lastly, one more big thank you to Allison for enlightening our listeners. For Nine to Thrive HR and all of HCI, thank you for listening.